0: Welcome to the Catholic Connect Podcast. I'm your host, David Scubin. This is a podcast for all Catholics and people of goodwill who strive to live in the world but not be of the world. First and foremost, we need to be disciples of Jesus ourselves, and then we go forth and make disciples of all nations, just as our Lord commanded. Through a series of timely topics and great guests, we will take that long and narrow journey to heaven together, encouraging each other in faith and virtue along the way. So let's get started. Praise be Jesus Christ now and forever. I'm real blessed to have the following guest join us. Uh, this is a gentleman that I had first met around 20 years ago through our connections with a small Catholic Bible school in Radway, Alberta. And uh, since he's been laboring in the vineyard of our Lord. He currently resides in Regina, Saskatchewan, and he's been instrumental in getting a Catholic men's group set up uh, within his parish. He also has a real interesting podcast called The Made for Greatness Podcast. Man, I love that title, really do. Uh, But most importantly, he is a family man. He's a husband to one, father to three, and he's our brother in Christ. Kevin Phillip, welcome to the Catholic Connect Podcast. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, Dave. Thanks so much. It's very generous.
0: Awesome. It's great to have you, Kevin. You know, it's been a long time since we've uh, connected. And uh, like I was telling you offline, it's really interesting how the Lord puts people in our path that, you know, you maybe you, you connected with them a long time ago. And I know just through this journey of doing this podcast, Kevin, it's been really interesting who I've been meeting and reconnecting with. And I just think this is a moment of grace. So really happy that, to track you down again, Kevin. It's uh, great to chat with you.
1: I feel the same Dave. Like it's when i think about the time, I think I saw you when I was in Fort Saskatchewan a few years back, but prior to that, it probably would have been 15 years prior to that. I don't know. Long time, but you haven't aged Dave, your forehead's grown a little bit, same as mine, but uh, you haven't aged. That same means we're getting
0: wiser, Kevin. That means we're getting <laughs> <laughs> wiser, right? right? That's and, right. Uh, and uh, no, that's exactly, that's exactly, you're right. It's probably been about yeah, 15 years, Kevin, but I think it's like anything. I think when you have children, it seems that time just multiplies by how many kids you have. Right. So there you go. But uh, no, it's great to track you down, man. And you know, we actually, uh, uh, it was really, uh, interesting. We, we were on the same ministry team, just different years. It was uh, a ministry team called we hold a lamb. And, uh, that was such a great year in my life, uh, receiving so much and then being able to give to, especially to young, young people. We went to a lot of schools and, and parishes and did, uh, various different missions and and things like that. And uh, one thing, Kevin, we had, if you remember, we always had uh, little props and clothing and and uh, jackets and, and different things that we put on if we did little skits for for the kids and stuff like that. And I don't think you knew this, but you were a football player back in in your youth. And I think you either donated one of your football jackets or maybe Uh-oh. somebody just took it from you and they left it in the prop box because every time I put it on, it had your name on it. That's so, so funny. So if you're, if you're still wondering where that jacket is, Kevin, I think it's in uh, the tickle trunk somewhere in uh, in a Radway attic, just so you know.
1: It's <laughs> funny. I, I was wondering where that was. I forgot that I left it behind. I was awesome. it was A couple of years ago, uh, this is kind of a neat story. You're a big sports fan. You know, John Chick, do you know John Chick?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. John Chick, you betcha. Good He's Catholic a guy, uh, gentleman yeah. too. Yeah. Absolutely. Very
1: good Catholic gentleman. We, my, I'm not, I, I have to admit, um, despite playing football, I quit following football. I just found it a little boring. I'd go to the Eskimos games in Edmonton and I'd fall asleep. It it's just awful. I feel bad saying this. Anyway, um, we were at mass one time, my wife and I, and it was a it was sort of the late mass, and this big family was there in front of us. A couple rows up ahead. Didn't know who they were and their kids were so well behaved. And so my wife just felt inspired to go up to the the to the wife and just say, Hey, you know welcome I haven't met you yet I just want to let you know that your kids are so well behaved it was so great to see such a big family here at mass and if there's anything we could pray for if you ever need help with anything let us know and she was really gracious and she said oh yeah thanks and um and then and then Kara's just like well how would you like to they, she just said that they just moved back to Regina they're away for a while or something like that I don't remember what the story was and um and so Kara's like well do you want to come over for supper one day and the wife said, of course, they'll be great. I'd love to get to know other Catholic families. And, and the man, I shook his hand and he said, his name was John. And I never clued in at all. And so then weeks passed and Kara's telling her mother and her mom, who's a huge Ryder fan, huge Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan. And uh, for anyone who might be listening, Saskatchewan Rough Riders is the best CFL team in the entire league, right? Hey.
0: Well, well Kevin, now we don't have the Edmonton Eskimos anymore, so I mean... Uh, oh, I they're not that, the
1: Edmonton Eskimos anymore? not so. the
0: Eskimos anymore, man, yeah, so I think... Oh, uh, I, leftism. I, I, I have a, <laughs> yep, that's... You know what, Kevin, we could do a whole other podcast on the cancel culture. and oh, it's uh I, Yeah, it, it claimed our, our beloved, uh, at least the team of your youth, the Eskimos, uh, yeah, they're... What's, what's
1: the they, name now? What are they're they? just
0: called the Double E football team.
1: Oh, yeah. Double E, Good Weak
0: yeah, the, the joke is that they want to keep the logo, the double E. So we were saying, why don't you just call yourselves the Edmonton emasculated.
1: <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's so ironic. I should get back to the John chick story, but it's so ironic that. Cause you don't name teams after weak people or weak totally. groups. You yeah. name people after strong, like the Spartans. My football team growing up was the Spartans. You got yeah. these warriors that were bred for battle and um, I don't know. I sure find it might not be politically correct, but it wasn't named the Eskimos to disparage people from Northern Canada or whatever. Ab-
0: absolutely not. And, and you're right. I mean, it's uh, they've, they've done so many surveys and they say, well, you know, everywhere between you know, 60 to 80% of uh, the Inuit and in the Northwest territories associate with the Eskimos as something strong and powerful and, and they love the name. And yeah. And uh, Kevin, back to our uh, behold the lamb days when I was uh, it was the year after you you spent your year with the old lamb and we were up in the northwest territories doing a mission with the oblates and uh, we were kind of up in that yellow knife area and to be honest with you we all know rider fans Saskatchewan Rough Riders are you know an institution here in Canada for sure up in the northwest territories I i, I couldn't believe how many of uh, the folks up there they they were wearing Eskimos hats Eskimos yeah. jackets yeah. and because uh, i asked you know, this is a long time ago or, how do you feel about the name because it was a it was kind of a story back then too and they're like we love it, was, it. what that. are you talking about? we love it we have that's our team they're named after us yeah that's i remember right. one, one gentleman said they are named after us and i'm like wow yeah
1: and that's interesting
0: were. right they were and they yeah. were
1: Such so it's but
0: that cancel it comes to everybody kevin it's it's a real uh, a phenomena that's uh, very troublesome and and very worry worrisome for sure and especially for us as men of faith uh I don't know if you, you read the story from, uh, I guess it was about a month ago, the, the Vancouver Canucks anthem singer uh, went to uh, what uh, the, the media was calling an anti-mask rally, but it was actually called a, a freedom rally in, in Vancouver. And he was, all he, was uh, he was asked to, to sing the national anthem, to single Canada. That's all he was. He wasn't scheduled to speak. He was just scheduled to, to sing the anthem. And as soon as he just announced that he was going to attend, he didn't even go and sing and attend yet the Canucks owner went on Twitter and said, basically you're no longer our anthem singer. Yeah. And uh, and then I Kevin, what's really interesting is I found out later when I dug into the story a little bit more and I heard him speak a few times, I'm like, I have a feeling this guy, he might be one of our, our Catholic brothers. And he was, he, uh, he's a, a, a sacred music composer and he uh, sings at uh, one of the, um, the FSSP parishes in Vancouver. Uh, just seems like a, quite a, a neat gentleman. So, but you know it it comes for it, it's coming for all of us uh you know people of goodwill and Catholics and uh, it is definitely troubling so yeah but uh, maybe yeah why don't i, I don't want to lose out on that story I mean, so you meet John Chick, you you're probably the only the only family maybe in
1: regina that didn't know who he was that's pretty much how we felt <laughs> and my mother-in-law she's like um when my wife told her who it was we met she said that sounds like john chick and i was like who <laughs> so anyway uh, we felt bad because we didn't know him but at the same time we didn't want to buy into the celebrity culture kind of thing and yeah for so sure. we had him over and they're so good people and we nice I had, a, I had a co-worker over who doesn't like sports at all he's not a sportsman at all so he didn't know john chick was he tacitly knows who's the, who the writers are um, anyway, so we he's over for supper by chance, and we t- I just tell them, hey, listen, uh, we didn't we didn't mean to offend you by any means. We just we we didn't know who you were. We just thought you were great people, and wanted to get to know you a little bit. And these and they they're so nice. Anyway, the the funny part was in high school I got us some awards and trophies from football. So my kids by chance, my parents gave us my old trophies from high school right shortly before, maybe a week, maybe two weeks before. And so my kids had these things in their playroom because it's not something that I valued holding on to but my kids liked them. Anyway, so, they, so the, the Chick family are downstairs playing with my kids and my kids say, hey, look, look at my dad. He's a football hero. He he, he got this award for playing football. <laughs> and, you know, meanwhile, this dude probably has, you know, I don't know if he's ever got a Super Bowl. I don't know if the Colts got Super Bowls when he was there, but um, he's got Grey Cup rings and professional player we felt kind of funny
0: no it's great yeah i know for sure john chick i think he was actually the defensive mvp in the cfl a couple years too so he's definitely had a lot of accolades but you know just from seeing a lot of john's videos and and uh, some of his presentations you can tell like you said it's he's not a guy that's wrapped up in the that celebrity culture and it was probably refreshing for for him and his wife and their kids to just talk to someone that they didn't know they weren't chatting with them just because of their the celebrity status of being a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. And yeah, you no, know, it's, it's a huge thing, it, it's a cool thing in yeah. Saskatchewan, too. I mean, it's uh, it really kind of brings everybody in the province together, and, yeah, and other transplanted uh, Saskatchewanians yeah, across Canada exactly, together. That's but that's exactly uh, what they said. They said that's really that,
1: cool, it was refreshing, but um, yeah, yeah, it'd be uh, it'd be challenging to get to know people.
0: Well, I, Kevin, I heard Tom Brady is actually a baptized Catholic. So if we ever head to Florida, I wonder what are the chances we could invite him out for dinner. And oh, that'd be cool. Chat, chat faith with him. I don't know.
1: Do you ever meet uh, Father Miles Gaffney from Cal- Calgary?
0: You know, I've I've heard of Father's name. I just uh, okay. I've never met him in person, though. No.
1: And great, great guy. Anyway, the reason why I bring him up because he knew every single Catholic player in any sort of sports. You know, he's just like, oh, that guy's a Catholic. That guy's a Catholic. And <laughs> kind of neat to know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we need to pray for those guys too. You know, you do hear a lot of uh, athletes and, and even, you know, uh, people in Hollywood that say we're Catholic, right. And, yeah. uh, but then it makes you kind of cringe to say, well, what does that mean? Right. And, yeah. uh, you know, something we could probably touch on here in a little bit, Kevin too, is, is, um, you know, when you hear Catholic, are we talking about, you know, a, a guy like John check, uh, you know, he's retired now from the CFL, but he's still really active in, in uh, promoting the faith, promoting the Catholic faith and, and he's doing that through um, fitness. He wants people to stay fit, not only uh, physically but also spiritually. And I think that's just awesome. And then you, then you look at politicians that claim to be Catholic, and uh, you realize that there is a, a massive delta between what is legitimate and um, and what is uh, what is false, quite mm-hmm. frankly. And uh, it's you know scandal. Kevin is uh, is there is there a bigger hurdle for Catholics to climb than when we have a church full of people of, of scandal, uh, especially public scandal. It's, it's such a poor witness, isn't
1: it? hundred I mean, percent. We just have, I, I don't know about you. I, I love American politics and uh, like we got our, our own prime minister, Justin Trudeau, a baptized Catholic. You got uh, in the United States just recently, Joe Biden was touting his Catholic faith and how he goes to, I don't know if he said he, receives communion regularly and i don't remember exactly what he said but he just was touting his catholic faith nancy pelosi was it last year she said that she's a practicing catholic yeah you've got all this this scandal going on from these politicians and trying to justify their deplorable um policies somehow through their catholic faith i don't know
0: it's it's discouraging isn't it and and um you know i I, I wouldn't say I love American politics, Kevin, I'll, uh, but uh, <laughs> it seems like really wade, wading into the swamp when you talk about politics there. But I do follow yeah. it because I think, you know, as much as Canadians like to think that we're we're just so independent and we're Canadians and we're, you know, oh, that, that those are those problems down in the United States there. I hate to say this, but, um, you know, the amount of time that we spend on U.S. politics, U.S. pop culture, whether that's Hollywood, sports, we're a lot more like Americans than people think. And, uh, you know, it, it seems that, uh, you know, if, if we don't, the only thing we can really cling to is a sport, which is hockey, you know, mm-hmm. and that's all of Canada. We all love hockey. We see the celebrations when we win an Olympic gold, but boy, that's superficial, Kevin, isn't it? And you know, the unfortunate thing for us in Canada is that our country, you know, you look back at the history of Canada, it's been built by the Catholic church and the sacrifices made by priests and nuns and lay people alike and uh, right from even before canada was canada the united states even though it's got a it's, it's got a, a great history of catholicism uh was hardly founded on by the catholic church or, or catholicism right um it, i would say that it's uh, you know probably a little bit more protestant but um we've you know what i think the united states is going to be dealing with here in the next several years is what we've been dealing with in canada already you know this this left wing Marxism that's come in, and uh, this influence has been in Canada for years already. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's it's a big concern. And but we've got right from the top, you know, Justin Trudeau's our prime minister. We need to pray for our leaders every day. We need to pray mm-hmm. for Justin. At the end of the you know, he's baptized Catholic. He's he's just like us, right, Kevin? Mm-hmm. You know, he's got that mark on his soul, and um, mm-hmm. whether he knows it or not, or whether he's even been taught that or not. But we've got a, some major, major problems in Canada. We've got a major sin problem. So I always find it pretty fresh when Canadians are quick to criticize uh, Donald Trump and his policies, um, and uh, yet we we seem to uh, completely neglect to deal with our own issues here in our our country.
1: One hundred percent. One hundred percent. The recent U.S. election reminded me of the anti-Harper election we had a few years back. Yeah. People voted for Trudeau in part because they didn't want Harper for some reason. Yeah, um, and you know, part of that is just uh, when leaders get in there for so long, the public just generally votes them out. But part of that could be just this this movement that led by the media, led by certain groups, you know, elites that that disparage anything that might be remotely conservative. So on one hand, we've got A conservative party that doesn't really seem to represent conservative values, other than economic values, Mm -hmm. and then we've. But at the same time, we've got um, the freedom to go to their to their public meetings and help sway their policies. We just don't really seem to get involved in activism as well as um, our leftist cousins. You know, we have to still, even though I might, and this is not liberals. I think liberals are completely different. I think liberals are our friends leftism is the thing that kills and like you said with the eskimos that were that wasn't liberals you know that was this leftist cancel culture and um i heard stories of these people going to the conservative party's meetings and helping to sway their you know voting in certain big swaths of people going to these things so they can vote for certain policies for them to adopt and they just that that's just um it's it's freedom that they they're allowed to do that nothing wrong with i mean nothing inherently wrong with them doing that but we're the ones really i mean we can't we can't be completely innocent cuz we're not really involved as well as they are and they really know how to use this stuff whereas we just tend to just sit back and acquiesce oh well yeah there's no law on abortion in canada i mean in general there's a lot of um conservatives and a lot of catholics a lot of christians a lot of liberals who who want at least, at the very least, we agree on that there should be a law. Um, But we just tend to just sit back and let this stuff happen. And we just, I don't know, I don't know what the right word is. I think acquiesce is a good word. We just sort of, you know, just hunch over and say, okay, well, this is what the law is. Uh, Nothing much I can do about it. We have friends that are heavily involved in the pro-life movement, for example, as one example among many, who do a lot of great work and maybe feel a little bit tired that more people aren't responding along with their, their clarion call.
0: Um, no, I think it's true, Kevin. And, and it, I think it has everything to do with the, the state of our church and, and our spiritual walk. Um,
1: yeah. I you know,
0: there's yeah. uh you know, for, for any of our listeners outside of Canada, the United States really has a two party system. You've, you know, you've got Democrats and you've got Republicans and you may kind of swing to, to one side, you know, you may be call yourself a, a libertarian or, um you know maybe you're more of a, a liberal or you have some other views but you know at the end of the day when the voting comes up and it's time to go to uh the polls you're, you're basically picking between one or one of the other in the party yeah in in Canada we've got several parties um now for the most part there's the Conservative Party and that's what they're called and then there's there's a host of more left-leaning parties one being the liberals and one being the the NDP right and I think that' um it's hard for Catholics that are practicing their faith and they want to make a difference in the public square because I think that there's a narrative that's controlled by the media. Kevin, that's pretty obvious to me that it is way to the left. Um, that if you do say something that's in line with your Catholic faith, let's take something as simple as abortion. People even from the outside looking in, whether they're, whether well, definitely if they're not Catholic, if they are Catholic, they should certainly be uh, pro-life pro-eternal life all the way. But, um, You know, people know where the church stands on abortion. They know that what we believe. But the Liberal Party, several years ago, under the guidance of Justin Trudeau, as an example, said that you cannot run as a candidate for the Liberal Party unless you uh, agree to abortion on demand for open abortion. Uh, You cannot be pro life and and be in this party. So, examples like that where it makes it very difficult for us to find a home, right, Kevin? And um, I think that the the conservative movement, political movement in canada they look at social conservative as almost like a a necessary evil for them they know that social conservatives can really rally quickly because there are a lot of smaller groups out there across canada that uh, can rally a lot of people in a short amount of time and um let's face it i think folks that are that are socially conservative they're more likely to to even donate to political parties as well right and uh, i think that um they probably don't like the message of social conservatism in the inside the party, but they like the money and they like the numbers and they just try to deal with us. And they kind of you know, kind of push us off to the side a little bit, maybe give us a, a carrot, you know, of, of policy that will keep us happy.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It, the, uh, I think the only response is holiness really because we can, we can sit here and we can get discouraged. And I think Satan mm-hmm. wants us to get discouraged. There's, there's no doubt that that's where, he wins is when we're divided and when we feel conquered. The only way forward for us, essentially, I mean, yes, there's donating. Yes, there's political activism. Yes, there's getting involved with the party and trying to sway politics from the inside. Those are all really good things. And there's different philosophies. You know, I was listening to Dan Crenshaw. Do you hear his podcast? He's got a podcast. Yep. He's talking to Lila Rose the other day. And they're talking about activism versus you know, political movement is being slow. And Lila was like, no, you just stick to your guns. Eventually people will fall in line. It's kind of like abolishing slavery in Britain. And Dan Crenshaw was was sort of the saying that, well, we got to move slowly, which is, I've heard other Canadian politicians say the same thing, slowly and slowly and slowly. So I, there's, those things are all going on right now, but I think our response has to be holiness. Mm-hmm. And I, and we, we can't let Satan discourages us by the reality of the darkness that we see you know i i don't know that i you know technically we're in the end times since christ was ascended into heaven or since mm-hmm. the holy spirit came you know technically we're in the end times and, and i think a lot of things are moving towards those ways and and i and maybe this is maybe christ is coming back today maybe and when as soon as we're done trumpets will be blasting our only response to the situation we're in is holiness we have to surrender our hearts completely to jesus and allow him to move us and to shape us and to mold us. And and I do, Dave, I, I, do th- I really believe that we're entering into an age of miracles. It's almost like the rocks are singing. You know that scripture verse, if we don't proclaim God or if we don't talk about God himself and proclaim what he's done for us, even the rocks would, would cry out and sing. I think that's the situation we're at. I think these very things around us are crying out for us to respond. And many of us are responding out of anger. You know, we're fed up with this crap that we see this this stuff that we see we're rightly fed up with no laws on abortion as a good example we're rightly fed up with this marxist indoctrination in our schools but instead of re- responding with anger we have to respond with the grace of jesus not not graces and we sit there and we'd be peaceful that's that's fine maybe we're called to be peaceful That's not really what i meant by grace what i meant is the power of god I like think we have to somehow tap into the his and plunge into his sacred heart and just be completely immersed uh, in his life. That That
0: and, is an outstanding point you're making, Kevin, there. Um, because, well, it's important to have some involvement in politics, for sure. I think it's important for us as as Christians to be involved. Because you know what?
1: Yeah, the Great
0: right. of has a silence. Don't say anything. That's right. Be quiet or you'll be cancelled. That's right. We need to Let fight back against, against that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But we need to we need to be bold and stand up as well, right? But, but if we're not, if our souls, Kevin, are not in the right place, and that means as Catholic men especially, to be in a state of grace. Mm-hmm. We talk about that a lot on the podcast. To be to living that sacramental life, to to going to confession often. You know, not yeah. once per year, even though that's all it's recommended by the church.
1: That's right. It's but bare minimum.
0: Bare that's minimum, fine. man. That's the entry level, man. But if you want to get that rocket feel to, to be a true disciple of Christ, to be, you know, a true, a true follower, you know, Kevin, we, we made some references to to sports, and I, and uh, the the one that I I think of quite often is is at Notre Dame, in Indiana. They've got touchdown Jesus there, and I think often about you know you, you hear a lot of players come in, and I, I do watch some of those games and players come and say, oh, it's so cool to see touchdown Jesus. And then I, I was thinking to myself, that's really neat that, you know, Jesus is there and he's, you know, the way his he's got his arms, it looks like he's signaling a touchdown. But I just think, man, maybe the problem, the problem is that we've all become fans of Jesus and we haven't become followers.
1: There you go. Does that Whatever. make sense to you, Kevin? hundred percent. You know, this Jesus guy is good. He, Jesus was a cool dude, 40 days without food, living his life by the golden rule. Well, who doesn't love the golden rule? You know, fasting you know um discipline who doesn't love to, i mean right now one of the one of the things i'm really enjoying is sort of this this veteran culture movement that we see coming out of the west and and you look at their lives of discipline and honor and respect and and serving people i think those are really good things to be admired and and maybe that's where jesus fits in for a lot of people he was a guy disciplined really nice helped a lot of people you know, kind of like what you're alluding to, it can't end there. It, it's got to end with our total immersion to His heart, and, complete and immersion.
0: Absolutely, Kevin. And maybe that's the way people are led to Jesus. I, I don't know, but I know as Catholics, we've got to be we've got to be followers, not fans, right? Absolutely. And that's that's how we radically change our lives, and and uh, how we can change the lives of others, especially in our family, right? So, yeah. I had an interesting quote here from from Archbishop Sheen. I just wanted to. It was exactly what we were talking about a few minutes ago, there, Kevin. I was just gonna quickly pull it up. It says the refusal to take sides on great moral issues. is itself a decision. It is a silent acquiescence to evil. So Kevin, that's exactly I what you were it. saying before you got the word. And that's exactly what Archbishop Sheen says. And if uh, there's anybody that, uh, that, uh, we could all rally around. It's a guy like Archbishop Sheen.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I was just
0: looking at that for that verse that you were saying about the stones crying out. I think it was from Luke 19 here. So, but, uh, yeah. If Thank I find you. it, I'll, I'll read yeah. it. But that's, uh, I think that was when Jesus was coming in on, um, yes, that's right. Palm Sunday, wasn't it?
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. I'm just that's taking right. a quick look, but we can keep, keep on chatting. So, but no, okay. what, what, what does that mean to you, Kevin? I mean, we talk about, you know, being that follower and what is, what is Kevin Phillips rule of life? You know, we, <laughs> we talk about going to mass, uh, receiving the Eucharist, going to confession. What are some things that you do on a, on a daily basis? Um, a daily and a weekly basis to help you draw close, closer to our lord and and to bring your family closer to the lord as well.
1: I, you know I try to make sure that I pray every day, every morning. If I don't do it in the morning, it doesn't get done. So sit down for scripture reading um at the very least just just 5 minutes at the very least. And if it's not the very first thing that I do, then uh, it ends up just sort of being filled in the gaps. But JP2 says that Pope John Paul II he says that if we don't pray at specific moments we can't be expected we can't expect to pray all the time that we were called to do. And it's right in the I think it's from the catechism that quotes him saying that. But either way, I try to make sure I sit there and I and I read scripture. I try to do the daily mass readings because it's simple. It's it's there, it's already laid out for us. And I don't um my goal isn't so much to read all the daily readings, rather than just to to sit there and, and read at least one of them. And typically it's usually the first reading and Um, I do it in front of my kids. It's not something that um I do in my house. I I think it's a little different. You know, if we're out in the public, sure, maybe I might be less inclined to just dive into scripture and sit there with my eyes closed and meditate on things of them in a cafe. Although I I would read scripture in a cafe, but I might not look like I'm praying. Anyway, so I, I do it in front of my kids so they can see me do it and can give them an example of someone trying to dive into scripture and reading and praying. Um, so that's what I do daily. Try to do daily. Not always that great at it. This week, I was just telling Kara last week, last night, that I've been avoiding it like crazy this week. And so, you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a battle, but we have to keep doing it. I know, well, you know uh, it's
0: like with prayer, Kevin, it's a, it's a real act of the will. Right. And, and, yeah. uh, but that's the, sometimes the test in our lives, right. That God wants to, he wants our, our faithfulness and and to to try to make that effort and then, uh, but yeah, it's it's not always easy, right? And it, it's no different than even just relationships in our lives. You know, us as men, sometimes we're, you know, we're not always getting along with our wife, but it's so important that we make that choice to to spend time to reconcile to to love, which mm-hmm. is our call of our vocation. And even our children, you know, we have ups and downs with them as well. You know, depending on on their age, you know, you know, you have different issues with teenagers. You get frustrated and. And adults, and then you know you have a you know your your two year old that just simply won't go to sleep, right? And yeah. they both need you in different ways. They need you to be there and, and present. But it's it's a, it is an act of love. It's an act of the will too, right? So yeah, I found that verse too, Kevin. I, I did want to share it because I, I really liked how you how you, you referenced this before. So again, it's uh, from Luke chapter nineteen, and uh, this is when um, Jesus was coming into Jerusalem. Um, from the Mount of Olives on on Palm Sunday. So um, it says, as he was now drawing near at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen saying, blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the multitude said to him, teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered them, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. And uh, man, I just, uh, reading that now, it just, uh, it really ties into today, doesn't it? Don't we see the Pharisees of this world, Kevin, saying, you know, be silent. Don't, don't, don't sing the praises of Jesus. And, uh, and then you think of the people out there that they make Jesus into something that he's not. You know, I hear it all the time. Jesus was a socialist. Jesus was a communist. Jesus was this. Jesus was that. You know, I think that it's, we need, Jesus is who he is. We need to be more like Jesus. We don't need Jesus to be more like us, us, you know, miserable sinners on earth. But yeah, that, that really ties in well to today, doesn't it? I'm really glad you brought that up, Kevin. That's a, that's a powerful verse right there.
1: I think so. And you know, in many ways, I think, um, I think COVID is almost like the rocks are shouting out at us. The the reason, the reason why I say that is, um, At first, like it really forces us to um, respond, and uh, I'm not saying masks or vaccines or anything. I'm not going there. I just mean like the it forces us to respond to the situation that we're in, and I know a lot of people in my own life that this situation got their faith stronger, that they that they began praying more with their wives or with their kids or with their families. That they started reading scripture. Look at the number one podcast was the last week, week before was, was father, um, father Schmitz's Bible in a year. So I, I think COVID is sort of like the rock rocks are speaking out and forcing us to respond in one way or another. And um, unfortunately on social media, I just, I just deleted my Facebook account this morning. I did it last night. So I had to do it again. So I just deleted it today. I'm just tired of it. I'm so tired of the vitriol on Facebook. especially since COVID are I mean, we're all, we're all cabin feverish, I think. I mean, I'm sick of it personally. I'm tired of it. You know, it's, it's so frustrating. The message of of Donald Trump was like, be hopeful. Don't let this control your life. Don't don't let this consume you. We're going to get it to the other end. And now the message from president Biden and Trudeau and everybody else is like, Oh, we're all going to die. Be afraid, be very afraid. We're never going to get out of it. And that's the prevailing voice. That's the media's voice. That's everybody's voice around us. And yet this situation demands that we respond, hopefully not in alignment with those voices, hopefully in alignment with the call of the Holy Spirit to respond with our holiness, respond with our desire to plunge into a sacred heart. Behind me, I got this image of the sacred heart. I see that, yeah. One of the things that I love about this image is um, um, Margaret Mary, when she saw herself before the sacred heart, and she watched herself plunge into his flames, sort of I, I can't remember this moment if it was her herself or her cares and, and things but just allowing ourselves to melt like wax into his living flames of love I think is such a powerful image I think COVID forces us to respond in that way or maybe not forces us but it forces us to respond and I think the way that we should respond is by allowing ourselves to be melted like wax before his flames of love there's not a way that It's not a way that does away with our person and our character and our nature as people. I mean, you have a different personality than me. You speak differently than me. You think differently than me. And God uses those differences in us because grace builds on nature. It doesn't destroy it. It builds on it. And so I think that's how we need to respond is plunging ourselves into his flames in the sacred heart, just plunging ourselves into his sacred heart and allowing ourselves to melt, allowing ourselves to. Let go of our ego, let go of our political opinions, let go of our opinions on whatever it is. And like letting go of our vanity, letting go of our pride, our lusts, all these things that hold us down in these chains. I think that's how we gotta respond. As 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 maddening as all this stuff is, you know, rumors of this great reset. And then also, oh, no, there's no such thing. And then the, these politicians are talking about Great Reset. And then all of a sudden it's a thing. And then you're crazy if you think it's a thing. And now, and then they're talking about destroying our economies. You know, these jobs are are done. I mean, this is a really hard situation that we're in. And unless you have a government job, I'm not disparaging people in government jobs, but unless you have a government job, um, your life is is completely turned upside down. And I'm using government jobs as an example, but they're really good pay, excellent benefits. It's almost, it's almost impossible to fire you. Um, unless you have a job like that, these are really challenging times. I know a lot of families who don't have work, who don't have any more income, who don't want to rely on the government, but don't have a choice in doing it.
0: The, the saying that we're we're all in this together is is starting to get lost on a lot of people, right? And, it is. It really is, and it's it's coming from a certain segment of, of uh, people. Um, it is. Almost a lot from politicians, for sure. Yep. But there there was a number that I was listening to. Uh, I don't know if it was just out of British Columbia itself or across Canada, but they said out of all the jobs that have been lost since since COVID nineteen started this uh, this crazy virus, uh, you know, ninety four percent of them were from the private sector, only yeah. six from the public. Yeah. I don't want anybody to lose their jobs. I, you know, that's whether you're in the public or private sector. But there has to be a better balance, I think, in in that that response, saying, you know, we're in this together. when we're not, and to um, yeah. I don't think that you know, Kevin, you, me. I think we fall into a group of people that we're not denying that there's a, a virus out there. There's there's lots of viruses out there, for that matter. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's that's not right. just this COVID nineteen virus. We are saying that the response to the COVID nineteen uh, this outbreak is um, way too harsh, and I think that it's fair for us to question that, and especially when we see our friends and family, and uh, you know our colleagues. Even in, in my, I, I work a secular job. Uh, when we see people lose their jobs and their livelihood, um, you know, getting a, a small uh, portion of assistance from the government, and then you know, seemingly society, well, well, you got your, your, your assistance, your CERB, we call it in Canada, you know, that not yeah. be quiet. And we're in this together. That's right. That's not, that's right. not how we work. And, and, you know, and Pope mask John Paul, or, the, yeah, yeah. Mask up.
1: Yeah. Mask up or else. Yeah.
0: Or, yeah. Yeah. Re, uh, yeah. Reap the, the repercussions. And you know, our um, St. John Paul II said it so well, you know, when he talked about, he has a, a great encyclical and I escapes my mind, the exact name of it, but it's on human work.
1: Uh, uh, I'd yeah, love to, l- 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 yeah, yeah. I'd love to l- say the Latin l- l- name l- just, just to sound ends. like
0: I'm, sound like I'm smart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: But, but basically, Absolutely. he says that you know, work is is the dignity of every human person, right? And it's so yes. important that we work at whatever we do, right? And um, and to find a job that brings you fulfillment. And sometimes, you know, like myself, I I don't work in a, a job that really has anything to do with Christianity. It's uh, it's definitely a secular job, but it's how you treat the people around you. It's how you develop those relationships. And uh, it is a vocation and I'm, I'm thankful for that I'm, I'm working right now, but there are just so many, Kevin, like you said, that, that don't have uh, that. It, it, it can get really frustrating because like you said, the great reset, it seems like politically and through the media, they're taking advantage of a situation to push an agenda that has nothing to do with people's health. Really. This is an agenda that's going to change economic and social policy and for, for men of faith like us, Kevin, and, and a lot of our listeners, and women as well, we need to stand up to these things and, and speak out, not only for ourselves and our children, but also for our brothers and sisters that are, that are, uh, that are unemployed or, or just less fortunate, right? We, we need to, uh, when I say less fortunate, I mean in the physical sense. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's just so important that we, we step up. And boy, I, I love, you know, the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I, I, I love how you tie that in because we need to find refuge in something. find refuge in in jesus and his sacred heart the value to that is just immeasurable
1: isn't it completely yeah this this reset stuff like you said it's um i mean for for us who who sort of keep our ears to the ground a little bit this isn't anything new this has been going on for a very long time that they have been wanting this and you know in many ways i think for all his flaws i think donald trump was sort of the last guy in their way in many many respects um but um it's almost like a like a conspiracy of values where they all value the same thing and they see a good a redistribution of wealth as a good thing there's a lot of poverty in this world we've got to combat it that's a good thing for us to combat poverty there are different philosophies as to how we tackle poverty I, my philosophy is teach them how to fish you know a lot of for a lot of these guys they just give them money just give them a fish why why should you bother teaching them and you know in in some ways um, I think their pursuits are noble, but when it comes to the detriment of liberty and the detriment of humanity, I think that's when they it's not justified. Uh, you mentioned marxism and Mar- it totally it, Marxism justifies the the means by the end that they're trying to achieve absolutely and so all this suffering that you and I and our friends and our acquaintances are going through is totally justified. it's short term pain for a long term gain, and like you said, if we don't speak up against this stuff. In some way, maybe it's a dialogue. Maybe it's contacting your politician and saying, "Hey, man, I don't like this stuff." Or maybe it's with your friends, dialoguing with them and and making sure it's a dialogue. You know, I, I tend to walk away because I, the, you know, I've got some family and some friends who are sort of loving this lockdown stuff and see it's justifiable. Whereas for myself, I see the suicides, I see the drug overdoses, the domestic violence as a result of these lockdowns, and is not justified by any means. Uh, from from my perspective, and uh, I don't, I think it's obvious personally, but they think it's obvious too. So I'm going to enter into a dialogue and I find that I just can't, I, I have to walk away sometimes from conversations with them.
0: Politics, it does get into, you know, I, I don't even say Marxism is, is politics and social. This These are legitimate ideologies mm-hmm. that political parties are based on. Yeah. So, you know, we're not warring on political parties here necessarily. I mean, there's ones that we certainly disagree with, but I, but I'll tell you, I'll war on their ideology every day of the week. You know, you know, Kevin. You think of Marxism, and and um, you know, from Marxism, we have socialism, we have communism, and you know, as one of the the uh, the sayings or these slogans, uh, the, this great reset that these uh, these global elites are are pushing, and and it's no longer a conspiracy. I, I don't think anybody can.
1: You can't can deny that, that anymore. No, how do you but say one, that anymore? You, you know, can't say really? it. No. <laughs>
0: one of them, Kevin, is. Uh, you will own nothing, but you will be perfectly happy. I believe is what it said. Yeah, and yeah. I, I'd like to challenge whoever says that, and whoever believes that. You know, talk to your rank and file people in China, um, a, a regime that's totally immersed in a godless society that's based on Marxism, radical communism. If you own nothing, we're not talking just about property. What do they take? They they take your body too. Yeah, think of those think of those swaths of manufacturing yeah. cities that with tens of thousands of workers, now, I was reading that you know there's over a billion people that, that live in China, uh, and 90 million of, of them are members of the Chinese Communist Party. The rest of the, the people, they work basically as slaves. Mm-hmm. So not only to an ideology, but also with their labor. And that's what makes it so sad. Now, you know it's the red pill moment for me. I know that we got a lot of stuff from China, but you know, you look at probably what I'm wearing right now, you look at the tag and the clothing that we wear, it's probably made in China. You know, we went shopping before Christmas for the kids and we're looking at stuff and it's made in China. And I say a prayer for those people and I say a prayer for us because we become too dependent on this ideology.
1: We've, we, enabled, it to, we've, enabled, we've enabled it to enabled get it. stronger.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, then it all ties into our faith, Kevin. It really does. It's not, uh, it's definitely not political this is a real ideology and a, and a real issue I think it is the biggest issue in our church today because it's uh it's seeping into our church and amongst our members so I want to talk about uh because man the time's flying Kevin I knew it would and uh I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to uh use a, a rugby or a football term we have to tackle you and, and drag you on this podcast again and we have to chat some more
1: uh, I'd love to David. I want to talk about man.
0: you have a podcast yourself I really like it it's um Called the Made for Greatness podcast. So, so tell us what motivated you to to get that going and uh, and to, to share your faith on that platform.
1: That's well, very kind of you to bring it up. I uh, I really struggle with it. Just as a caveat, I because it feels vain. <laughs> Who wants to listen to a schmuck like me talk about stuff? What motivated me? I, I kind of felt like a rock, I, I, like like not like a rock in a good sense, like a like a rock, like a good Chevy truck, but more like um, I just got to say stuff and just tired of being quiet about it. So that's what motivated me to do it. I struggle with it a lot. I have a very hot and cold relationship with it. And then I've had a lot of different, a couple of different platforms that I've lost episodes. Like I've recorded, you know, I remember one time feeling like this really awesome episode and all of a sudden it just disappears from the platform. And and so I kind of took that as, well, maybe I should back off, but this desire keeps getting stronger. And my own personal job, it takes so much time I, I really struggle with balancing the time, my family, and this podcast. So sometimes I do it late at night. Um, but the motivation behind it is just this this quote uh, from Pope Benedict XVI uh, that's attributed to him, you're not made for greatness. Or pardon me, the world offers you comfort, but you're not made for comfort, you're made for greatness. And it's sort of a hodgepodge of two different addresses that he made. One from Space Salve, his encyclical. Where he talks about this greatness that we're called to isn't this worldly greatness, financial success, cultural success, looking great, you know, real savvy and everything that we do. It's not the greatness that we're called to. The greatness we're called to is God himself that we're called to have him into our hearts. And he goes further in his Space Salvi, where he says that our hearts are too small to contain the presence that we're called to contain. And our hearts need to be stretched and purged of the vinegar in our lives. and. uh and and Benedict quotes Saint Augustine. We talked about this vinegar in our hearts, it has to be purged so it can be filled more with with God's presence, and that's that's the greatness. That's the that's the basis behind that quote for me, and and probably for Benedict. And um, and actually Gerald Mopeti, um, you know Gerald, cat chat guy,
0: cat gotcha, um, man, yeah,
1: yeah, great man. He so in 2017 I well, I wanted to do this mentor treat real bad and didn't want to do it. It's like, okay, Lord, I'm feeling inspired to do this thing. Guide me, bring people to help me out. Cause I'm not an administrator. Help me to get this done, Tossed around a bunch of different names. And I knew I wanted Jim Murphy to come speak another excellent man. Yeah. And, uh, Gerald Mobity to do the music. And they both said, yes, thank God. And struggling with the name men on fire, what would the name be? And Gerald just throw it in. What about made for greatness? And it just sung with me. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, after that retreat, I I didn't know. I knew we had to do a follow-up. Didn't know what that would look like. And so I was praying to the Lord, Lord, just make this thing happen. Just pray. Just just let people rise up. And so sure enough, there are men on the second night just thumping, pounding their fists on the table. we got to do something every month. we got to do something to get together. And that's sort of the men's group that came out of that. It wasn't really my doing. It was just more God moving in people's lives. and. And I guess part of me wants to make sure it continues. We've got a great team of men that we're, that I serve with. And it's, um, it's less my thing and more so their thing. These are the men that want this to happen. And, um, I want to make sure it continues. So I'm, I feel motivated to can make sure things get uh, pushed along the way. So I guess that's my involvement, but I'd rather just be able to just walk away and let these men take it. And, um, but maybe that's not what I'm called to do. Well, for the time being, I love serving with these men. They're good men, excellent men. And they I find them very inspiring in their own in their own lives. And we're planning to do a retreat once a year. This year's um Bear Wozniak. Yeah. Speaker, he's gonna be our dude for this year in September, at the end of the September month. So that's uh that's our men's group in a nutshell. And the podcast is a nutshell, it's all about. That being purged of this vinegar in our lives and vinegar takes different shapes. Maybe it's vanity, maybe it's lust, maybe it's pride, maybe it's ego, all these things. Maybe it's gossip, you know, maybe, maybe I'm too loose in my lips and I blab too much about people, you know, whatever that vinegar is, it's different, different for everybody, but we have to be purged of it.
0: Well, it's so important too, Kevin, I think for men to, to get together in fraternity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you
0: know the, the Knights of Columbus. Uh, I'm a member. I know you're a member as well. You know those guys quite well. Um, you know it's uh, it's a it's a great concept for men to get together. Uh, and uh, but we need to go a little step further than just simply having a you know a meeting. Not yeah. picking on the Knights of Columbus. It's great because those meetings are good and they do such good service in the church. And who doesn't like those pancake breakfasts, right? That's right. But yeah. but we need to to build ourselves up spiritually as well. And uh, yeah. It, from what your observations have been, Kevin, with having this men's group in Regina, there, what have what have you seen? What are the, some of the really neat spiritual fruits that you've seen from men coming together to uh, worship God, but also to have that uh, that common fellowship, Christian fellowship with other men?
1: You know, it's 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 cool. It's it's uh, there's different fruits. One, uh, and and I get feedback from men about what they value and what they don't value, and everybody's a little bit different. You know, one, it brings people together. We initially sit with a meal and just a simple soup and, soup and bun. And they just hang out for an hour, just shoot the breeze, just chit-chat, just talk stuff. You know, men got to do that. We're, we're kind of, we're too easy. It's too easy for us to become cave trolls. We got to get out there, and get up from under the bridge and get on top. Um, but the thing that I see that personally that that I find so amazing is confession. We offer confession every time we do our thing. And it's all everybody always goes. Well, not maybe not absolutely every single time. The lineups are always full. Nearly everybody always goes, and I think that that's amazing that these men um, take seize of this opportunity that they have to be uh, to be renewed at least once a month. Just completely renewed, new creations every month. And we, um, I think that's one of the big things that I like. The other thing is the rosary. I personally, I I struggle with the rosary. I'm, I lack fortitude in my life. Mm -hmm. I do. (laughs) And the rosary is one of those things that I have a hard time picking up. So I find that I, I just say hail Mary's. I got these, these beads I've gotten. I just say hail Mary's throughout the day. For some reason when I put that spin rosary on it, I, I struggle with it, but the rosary is so important. So we, we see the rosary every single day or every time we meet and it's slaying demons. It's slaying these demons that plague our hearts that plague our families, plague our churches, and that's partly why I think the rosary is so important. Not just because it forces us to dive into the mysteries that we're chewing on, but it slays the demons around us.
0: That, that's and, a, that's outstanding, Kevin. So good, and, and you know what, uh, you know the rosary, praying with the rosary. You know that's what I've heard too in any kind of prayer, but especially when you bring in Our Lady, you know the the Queen of Purity, you know the Queen of uh, of Humanity. Yeah. we bring her in and we start praying and, and invoking her you know, we're really sending arrows into into that that world on the other side into that spiritual realm right and and uh, you know these prayers they, they they hurt demons they make a difference they make a big difference for us so you know I just want to encourage our listeners if you can pray the Rosary every day pray the Rosary every day and fellas if you can get together with other men you know maybe that's that nights of Columbus meeting that uh, you know hopefully we'll get back into person soon maybe have start with the rosary before we have the meeting, you know, sometimes there's a mass before the meeting anyways, do it before mass. And uh, it, it's so efficacious for us. And, you know, Kevin, I, I really glad you brought up going to confession and how many of those, those gentlemen go and receive that, that sacrament of healing, right. To mm-hmm. talk about the great reset, physics, you know, in the there world this weird one. Well, this yeah. is a great spiritual reset we go. need from the catechism of the Catholic church. I want to just, conclude on this, Kevin, because I think it really ties in nicely to to living a sacramental life. It's uh, from Catechism of the Catholic Church, 1458. It says, the whole power of the sacrament of penance consists in restoring us to God's grace and joining us with him in an intimate relationship. Reconciliation with God is thus the purpose and effect of this sacrament for those who receive the sacrament of penance with contrite heart and religious disposition. Reconciliation is usually followed by peace and serenity of conscience with strong spiritual consolation. Indeed, the sacrament of reconciliation with God brings about true spiritual resurrection, restoration of the dignity and blessings of the life of the children of God, of which the most precious is friendship with God. So, you know, I just want to encourage our listeners again that this the sacramental life, to bring you back into a state of grace and to that walk with God. It's just, it's so important. And, uh, to do it for yourself as an individual and to set that example for our children too. And if you're, if you're a grandparent, set it for your grandchildren as well. It's, uh, we all have a part to play in being a witness and, um, and even back to prayer too. We need to combat the evil in this world. And, um, you know, these are all things that we can do to, to fight against that. So, Kevin, I just want to thank you, man, for being a brother in Christ. And I was so great to to connect with you. Let's do this again soon. And uh, yeah, thanks for uh, for your witness and what you're doing out there in Saskatchewan.
1: Oh, Dave is, is I, I love this. You know, if you want me to come back and do this, I'd be happy to come back. I don't know how much I add to it, but I'd love to chat with you again.
0: You've added a lot, Kevin. This has been a great conversation, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much.
1: Kevin's podcast is called the
0: Made for Greatness Podcast, and that same name, Made for Greatness is the name of the men's group that Kevin is a part of in Regina. So if you're in that Southern Saskatchewan area, just reach out to me. I'd be glad to put you in touch with Kevin if you want to participate in that men's group. It sounds like a real neat little apostolate that they've got going on there in Regina. And uh, hey, that inspires me, and I hope that inspires you to maybe get something going at your local parish level because we really do need, as men and women too, but especially for men, to get together and share our faith with each other and fight this battle together and journey to heaven together. So thanks again to Kevin Phillip for joining us on this episode of the podcast. And thanks for listening, everyone. Remember what St. Charles Borromeo said, fear the plague of the soul versus the contagion of the body. You know, it's definitely not an easy time in this world, but it's time for us as Catholics to take a leadership role and challenge the narratives fear nothing, and live in a state of grace. And we know how to do that. you got to go to confession at least three times every year, every Advent, every Lent, and any you're in a state of mortal sin. Don't even spend a second of your life there. Thank you for listening, everyone. God bless you. We'll talk to you very soon.